lived in a house sad and lonely on a street named Maine, but you could call it only. Is it rude to say I'd volunteer for a day of fun just once a year? I'd fly the coop if only I could. But I've got a really bad case of being good. trouble if there was some to get in ask a friend to play if I had one to let in Nana's frocker sawing through the floor every day just like the one before we lock ourselves behind that door is it wrong to wish for something EJ Ionelli, and this is From the Studio. And this morning we're in the KPBX studio, as well as our performance space with members of the new production of Tuck Everlasting that Spokane Children's Theater is putting on. And it opens this Friday. And what we heard just now was Brooklyn Rumsey singing Good Girl Winnie Foster, accompanied by Lois Robertson on piano in our performance space. And with us in the KPBX studio, we now have Brooklyn, as well as Natalie Lemley. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning. We have Tanya Brownlee. Morning. Good morning, Tanya. We have Eli Wissing. 
Good morning. Good morning. And Brooklyn, I will welcome you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so all four of you are now in, in the KPBX studio here to talk about Tuck Everlasting. And Natalie, I'm going to start with you because folks might hear this and say, wait, I, I know this as a novel. You know, this came out in the 70s. It was an award-winning children's novel uh, written by Natalie Babbitt. Um, but folks might not be aware that it was adapted to a musical. So I think the musical is relatively new, no? It's fairly new. Um, it also is a little bit different. There is also a movie that was made, um, but it's a little bit different than that. It's about the Tuck family, and they go through some highs and lows and ups and downs throughout life, and they drink from a spring and, and last forever and live forever. And in one sense, who wouldn't want that? But in another sense, how do you... Um, live your life when you're in a stuck place. Yeah. And so it's kind of this battle between that. And this is the first production that you are directing for Spokane Children's Theater. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And what made you take on this production? Did you have some sort of partiality to the story? Did you like the movie? Did you like the the musical? Or was it just now was a good time? No, now was a good time to direct. Um, my kids are, are growing up and I had done some directing prior to this at some children's theaters and stuff. And um, so this was a good time to kind of dip my toes in the water here in Spokane. And i super excited about it. I have a couple of my children involved in it. So it's kind of a family affair for me. And yeah. And uh, just out of curiosity, how many children do you have and how many of them have been involved with Spokane Children's Theater? <laughs> um, <laughs> she's <laughs> laughing because... Um, I recently got married, and I now have 10 children, um, but four are biologically mine, and um, all four of them have been involved in the theater. I, I hear they're cheaper by the dozen. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know about that. I think it's a little expensive. <laughs> And uh, for listeners who aren't familiar, uh, the last time we had Spokane Children's Theater here in the studio, they were staging cheaper by the dozen. So I think it's still fresh in everybody's memory. <laughs> so with this production, how does it deviate from the book? Um, you said that it focuses a little more on the family. Does it deviate from the film and the, and the literature that folks know? Um, yeah. So the movie that most people know in the book, it puts Jesse and Winnie a little bit older um, and they have more of a, a romance. Um, this version of it, they're much more friends. They want to go on adventures and experience the world. And Jessie really introduces Winnie to a life that she's never been previewed to, to before. She's, you know, we're in the early, eight, late 1800s, early 1900s. And she's used to just being good girl Winnie Foster. Just going through life and checking all the boxes and doing what she's told. And this is the first time she really sets out on any kind of an adventure. And I know in the novel, there's a music box that makes a recurring appearance. Does that make an appearance here or does the music substitute for the music box? No, the music box is in the show. It It's on stage probably four or five times. More than I am. <laughs> but it's a beautiful piece um, that Angus Tuck gives to May um, when they get engaged. And it stays with them throughout the whole show and eventually gets hand me handed down to Winnie. And Brooklyn, turning to you, we heard you singing Good Girl Winnie Foster. Yes. And I think that explains a lot. You are someone who... Um, 
you're not allowed the adventure that you would like. But yeah. tell us about Winnie. Who is Winnie? So, how I view Winnie, she's this like little girl, right? She's 11 years old, and she wants to have fun. But her mother, since her father had just died over a year ago, she and her family are very sad, and they don't want to do anything that's going to remind them of him. So they're just going to kind of stay in this little box, and they're going to do the normal thing that they would do every single day. But Winnie, she has a different plan in mind who wants to be like her father and adventure around. And there is a, um, a wood and a spring yes. that you're not allowed to go near uh, yes. for, for very good reason because it has a certain amount of mystery associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. How does your character view this spring initially? Is it viewed as a threat or is it viewed kind of as an enticement? Like you, you see that mystery and you want to know more about it. So I think Winnie, as her character, she would really like to know more about this spring because, well, she saw this mysterious man just drinking from it who won't let her drink from it. So she's getting questions like, well, why can't I drink from it? It's just water. So I'm sure like, she would really like to adventure more into that spring. And Eli, you are playing Jesse Tuck, and you have this, uh, this friendship that develops with Winnie. Tell us about your character, and he is the, the youngest old man in the world, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Jesse, he's, um, his character, he, he drinks from this eternal spring when he's 17, and it kind of traps him in the past. Uh, he, I, don't, I don't see him like mentally growing older. He's not, he's not mentally 102. He's there, he's 17, and he's just, he, he thinks he can rule the world, and he literally can't die. And I just see this character as anyone he meets, he's ready to he's ready to he's ready to rule the world with anyone who comes with him. And he sees Winnie in the woods and he sees someone who's ready to come out of their shell and have some fun. And your whole family responds differently to immortality, don't they? And that kind of drives some of the, the drama that's in this musical. So we have your mother, May, and your father, Angus, and they they have different thoughts on immortality, don't they? Yeah, um, I think the difference is, it's th th since they drank from their older, we, we all um, talked about how, how we see our characters still living at the age that they drank the spring, drank from the spring, and they, they were much older, and they, they view it as their They've lived their full life. Um, they're, they're, they, they've seen everything they want to see. And they've done everything they want to do. And but now they're 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 just stuck, um, saying goodbye to people, saying goodbye to friends, living alone. And I think, I think like the rest of the Tuck family, I I think they're they're kind of lost in this place. Um, Miles, uh, the, the the guy who is Jesse's brother. Um, he he lost his entire family because of this, and there's just that maturity that they they've had to, to live with that I I just don't think Jesse has found yet, and I think by by the end of the show when 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 he actually loses someone close to him, uh, I think he sees uh, that I think that maturity starts to grow in him. Yeah, and Natalie, if I could bring you in here to talk about some of those conversations that you had because this is a it's a an unconventional 
topic to play in a way, this this idea of immortality and how folks might respond to that. Because um, as you made mention, there is kind of this aspiration, but it's uh, it's the blessing and the curse. So if you could talk about some of those conversations that you had with the cast about how they would approach this. So I tried really hard to give them some time to bond as a family. And they may have thought, well, you're having us bond for a couple hours here. Why? <laughs> but the reason is, is because I really wanted them to develop a bond with each other so that you can see that on stage. And I think that anyone who comes out to see the show will be able to visualize them as a family. And they really have become like a family. Um, they talked a lot about... Um, different things and what their life looked like. The boys, did they rebel for a period of time and, and see how they, could, how they could live and how they could fly and jump off things and, you know, and they're invincible, you know? We, we talked about, well, do you bleed? Do you not bleed? Like all of these things that we had to develop as their characters. Um, May and Angus have this beautiful relationship that is rough. It's been a hundred years. And I think we've all gotten stagnant sometimes in a relationship before where it's like, oh, day in and day out, you see the same person. And Angus is sleeping on the couch and kind of just laying there moseying around. And May's like, doesn't this matter anymore? And slowly with seeing the new life that Winnie has, they realize that they can live a full life and I think those bonds between them have really developed based on letting them spend some time together and really talk about their character and talk about where they came from. And I think maybe some of that bonding is easier to cultivate offstage because, for example, as, as you illustrate, you've been involved with Spokane Children's Theater for a number of years. So there already is kind of this family aspect. And Eli and Brooklyn, I'll turn to you and ask you about how long you've been involved with Spokane Children's Theater. Okay. Eli? What year was it? The first show I did at Spokane Children's Theater was um, The Little Mermaid. I think it would have been 2020, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we lost our third weekend because of the COVID pandemic. Um, and it was just, I fell in love with the place. It was a lot of fun and such a great community there. Yeah, and about how many productions have you been in? I think Talk Everlasting is my 16th production. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay. And Brooklyn, what about you? So my first show was Alice in Wonderland. That was like, I'm not like 20, well, <laughs> Tanya. Yeah. So this would be my fourth show. Wow. Yeah. So, but you uh, did camps and stuff before that too. Camps, yeah, so. yeah. And so those bonds are maybe <laughs> easier to cultivate in an organization like Spokane Children's Theater because you've seen so many of these, these people and the faces are so familiar already, no? Yeah. The Spokane Children's Theater, the thing that I love about this theater is they really make it a positive environment for everyone. They boost each other up, they lift each other up. And I know that when you have a bad day, you wanna go to the theater because it lifts your spirits and you feel good when you go home. And then you're like, oh, you wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, back at it again, <laughs> right? But it's just a good atmosphere and it's a fun atmosphere. We play hard, but we also work hard to produce something beautiful. 
And, you know, despite all that positivity that we experience in Spokane Children's Theater, there is a, a hint of the sinister in this production in the form of the man in the yellow suit. It, I'd like to know who's playing the man in the yellow suit. And then if you could fill listeners in on who this, uh, this mysterious figure is that just kind of adds to the mystery of the spring. Well, Gatti Nicario is our man in the yellow suit. Um, I always mess it up and I always say man in the yellow hat and I think they all think of Curious George when I say it. Um, but he does wear a yellow hat as well. But he is such a spry man in the show. He dances, he sings, he's a little bit of a magician, he makes things appear, he's mysterious. Like His character is so fun to watch. He is outstanding in it. And his character in itself is, he's the villain. He wants to find this water. And why does he want to find the water? He wants to find it for power and for money. He's going to sell it. He's going to live forever. And he's going to be rich. He's going to have kingdoms. And it's been his life mission to find this water. And he's finally found it. And it's this great moment. And he's so excited about it. And then it all comes crashing down for him. Uh, quite literally, uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe we won't get into that uh, and, spoil, and spoil some of the surprise. Yeah. And does he have a song of his own where he speaks to his some of his motivations? Because I know that there are other songs in this production, like Live Like This, where the characters are able to talk about how they're responding or sing about how they're responding to this. Does he get his own song in this production? Oh, yes. He has a great song that tells his story and... He interacts with the Tuck family, and it is a beautiful song. He is such a talented actor, and if you haven't seen him on stage, you really should come out and see him. And while we're on the subject of music, you know, we had talked about the friendship that develops between Jesse and Winnie, and there's a song that you are both going to sing. This is Partner in Crime, and I was wondering if you could talk to us about this song and, yeah, just what you're saying through song. Okay, um, <laughs> so... Partner in crime, to me, this is like a really fun scene. You know, we're sneaking out to a carnival at like midnight. No one's going to find us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think it just really, it's like a funner scene. Like mm-hmm. I think it's a place in the show where it's kind of where everything's just fun. There's not stakes. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. it's just Jesse and Winnie going out for a night on the town, having some fun. Um, and I think... As as the show progresses, it can get it can get a little bit more dramatic, more intense. And I think this is just the peak of like joy and fun. And I think it just it also just shows it shows the friendship that kind of both of them were needing. Both of them have been kind of alone from a long a lot long periods in their life. And I think I think this sh- song kind of just shows their growing connection. Yeah, I think it comes late in the first act, if not just before the act break. So yeah, it's a, a, a high on which to leave things. So tell you what, I'll let you two head out to the performance space and get ready for that song. And then Tanya, you've been waiting patiently oh, here and, and feeding crucial information as needed. I wondered if we could talk about the 78th season reveal that's coming just after this show opens and what you've got in store. <laughs> Literally right after the show opens, they open Friday and then they have a show Tuesday, on Saturday. And then right after that, we have our reveal. Um, so the last few years, uh, last year and this year, 
the youth board has been formed, and they've been really active in the community and trying to figure out how um, how we can utilize them because there's so much wisdom and passion with the youth. So what we've done is um, – this year, it's going to be more formal. I say formal loosely. It's because they want to, they want to dress up. We all want the Emmys, or not the Emmys, I guess the Tonys, because we're theater people, <laughs> and um, we just want to have a good night. And so what's going on is um, I've gone to the youth board, and I've specifically chosen um, people, I feel like, who would work hard on a song and so that nobody else knows what it is. And so each of our shows, we have six of them, will have a different performance throughout the evening of a youth board member. And we're doing some nods to previous shows this last season to just like uh, Brooklyn's going to be singing Winnie Foster to kind of help people to come see the show. And um, Craig Hurt, who's the youth board um, director, I guess he oversees them and I will be hosting it. And um, it's just gonna be fun. And everyone gets to come dressed up and then that'll be about an hour. And then right after that, we're going to just have this big family dance. Um, the youth board really wanted to have a dance at some point. So we're like, well, let's combine it. We'll have a blue carpet event, fake paparazzi, and we'll just have a night of just fun and entertainment. And is anyone from the community anyone. able to attend yes. that? Okay. Yep. And uh, is there any indication of what those shows will be? Or are you waiting on that night that to reveal night. it? Uh-huh. So we had a logo contest recently with the community. And so we chose, there were six winners the community picked. And each of them has designed a poster and a logo. So I've been communicating and once uh, that song or not song <laughs> is shown, their poster will be displayed and we'll um, be able to see their art and they'll be recognized as well. So they they know what song or what show they're designing for. And then the youth board knows what they're performing for, but no one knows each other's. Um, so we've and then the directors who we've asked to direct next season obviously know what Joe. <laughs> so. Well, I, I want to thank you for coming in this morning and talking not just about Tuck Everlasting, but also the the exciting 78th season yeah. reveal, which it sounds it's like gonna it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great season. I've been speaking this morning with Natalie Lemley, Brooklyn Rumsey, Eli Wissing, and Tanya Brownlee of Spokane Children's Theater, and in particular, their new production of Tuck Everlasting. Tuck Everlasting opens this Friday, that's March 1st, and runs until March 17th at Spokane Children's Theater. And that is located at 2727 North Medelia Street. And you can get tickets and more information at spokanechildrenstheater.org. And I should also note there's going to be an ASL-interpreted performance on Sunday, March 3rd. And now, live from our performance space, we're going to hear Brooklyn and Eli performing Partner in Crime, accompanied once again by Lois Robertson. The pyramids, the Brooklyn Bridge, the Rio Grande, the Rhine. I've seen the seven wonders of the world. Can't wait for eight and nine. But because of my predicament, my peculiar situation, to keep my profile low, 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 I'm a one-man Someone to stand at my side To 
extra fist in a fight. Why should the road be long and lonely? Why not team up? We've, We've only, only got, got tonight. If no one's there to hear it, does a falling tree make sound? Are we heard or seen or anything without a friend around? The old great wall, the Taj Mahal, yes, they all have merit. But this job at fair could take the cake because you get to share it. Carrot? You need a partner, need in, a crime. partner in crime. Someone to share Someone in to a share laugh. laugh. Running a race without a pace setter. I'm out of place without, without my better half. is two for one and chock full of surprises with, with you, you the mind moves twice as fast and, and no one realizes with two whatever we do now will merit reminiscing with two i finally feel somehow that something isn't missing i have a partner in crime someone to share in the view why see the world and all of its glory Without a friend to tell your stories to Let's have some fun at the fair Sun is setting, tomorrow we're gone You need a partner, a partner in crime Two extra fifths in a fight Stuck in a sticky situation Lucky the tricks, collaboration Why should the road be long and lonely? We've only got tonight A partner in crime